First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 630 chance. Tenor for Tavares who finds the puck left circle. Dishes, Barzell misses. And now the Oilers come thundering the other way. It's McDavid with Letty back. Dropped it off. Dry sidle. Back to McDavid. What timer score? And Edmonton wins in Brooklyn. Dry sidle to McDavid. The game winner in overtime. What a pass, what a finish, and the Oilers take it, beating the New York Islanders 2-1 in overtime. Dreisaitl with a goal and an assist. McDavid, the winner. Lucic added a helper. And Cam Talbot looking like the Cam Talbot of last year. Great in net, 36 saves. Oilers take it 2-1. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 7.59 overtime open line, courtesy of the Canadian Brewhouse from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. The three stars as announced at Barclays Centre tonight, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Eberle, which means right off the, st- uh, the start here, Rob and I are going to make our easiest fourth star call of the season so far, and maybe of the entire season for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I hope we agree on this one, Rob. Well, he was the best player in the game. Cam Talbot was outstanding. The reason the Oilers got the the extra point in this game, getting both, he, he was the best player on the ice by far in a third period where the Oilers uh, ran out of gas a little bit for a while and the Islanders pressured, shots 13-2 in the third period and Cam Talbot was excellent. So, uh, yeah, this is the easiest four-star we've been able to do this year and Cam Talbot is it. I think something we have to talk about tonight too is, is that the Oilers have played most of their games at home so far. They've only mm-hmm. played five road games. They've played nine at home. They're three and six in their home games, two, two, and one on the road. The last four road games have all ended 2-1. Three of them have gone to overtime. The Oilers are, are two, one, and one in their last four road games. Talbot has stopped 130 of 136 shots in those games for a 9.56 save percentage. And as much as we've lamented the Oilers' penalty killing. Again, it's totally different on the road. Last four road games, it's killed off 12 of 13. That's 92%, including a perfect 3-for-3 tonight, and they had to fight through a couple late in the the second period. Like It's it's a totally different team on the road. They simplify their game. They they play good defensive hockey. They're in the right position. They're not making hope plays. They're getting pucks in deep. They know their their reads. The 50-50 plays, we saw at home, the 50-50 play where Oscar Clefbaum pinches, gives up a 2-on-1 on on the road, 50-50 play back off. 
wait for it to come and wait for your opportunity to make the make the stop. So the Oilers have been very good on the road as of late. This is how they were successful for the majority of last season. Great goaltending, good specialty teams, and timely scoring. And the Oilers, when they play this type of system, can be effective, as we saw tonight. So the Oilers take it 2-1 in overtime. The shot's 37-25 in favor of the Islanders. It was, as Rob alluded to, it was a pretty even game for about 35 minutes, and and then late in the second period, the Islanders took over and and controlled most of the third before the Oilers uh, scored on the only official shot on goal in overtime. Some bad news for the Oilers tonight, and we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on the Oilers' Twitter account and and the uh, post game reaction. We'll get in from head coach Todd McClellan. Drake Kajula blocked the shot in the second period, did not return. I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to want to play right wing with Lucic and Nugent Hopkins <laughs> at this point because you usually wind up not being in that position ne- in the next game. Well, you got Slepeshev who, who got hurt playing there. You got Yamamoto who's now in Spokane playing there. Kajula's played there. He's been hurt. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's tough, and and it's too bad for. For you know, Slepyshev and Kajula, here's an opportunity to play top six, to play with uh, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who has been very good to start the season, and guys have gone up there and shown well, but not been able to finish and start the next game there. So that's a tough break, especially when you're doing something, when you're sacrificing for the team as Kajula did by getting out and making a big block. Hopefully, it was a f- something where he couldn't get his skate back on, but usually. When you don't come back from a foot injury, it's because something's not good. Because most times, if you've got a bad foot, you keep your skate on between periods, knowing that the swelling will swell once you open up your skate. So it's unfortunate for Kajula, and hopefully it's nothing long-term. So the Oilers win it 2-1 in overtime against the New York Islanders. You can reach us by calling 780-496-0063, and we start off with Rocket tonight. Hi, Rocket. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. I think the players are um, playing themselves into uh, a position where the coaches can can make better better decisions um, in in their lines with their better play. And I agree with you 100 percent tonight, Rob Brown. About uh, it's amazing how the fastest skater on the earth can slow things down right at the right time over the blue line just before he's about to get pinched off, he actually can make that pass to Dreisaitl, forcing that D guy to come up to Dreisaitl, who, of course, makes an amazing uh, pass back to uh, Gretzky Curry and in the net, right? So keep them together. That's what I got to say. Appreciate it, Rocket. Well, I don't. I don't think they're going to break. And I, I, I still believe long term, preferably, they would like McDavid and Drysaitel as centers on different lines. I, I don't. But I, I, in the short term, I don't see it happening. And for t- uh, two reasons, Rob. They're outstanding together, yep. as we've seen numerous examples of that over the last year and a bit. But Nugent Hopkins, in my mind, continues to play well. I mean, he's not on the score sheet tonight. He actually had a really bad face-off night, uh, which is against what he's doing this year. He only was won four out of 17. So that's now unusual for Nugent Hopkins. But, but he's been pretty good for the most part. He had the Oilers really only scoring chance in the, in the third period when he whipped that shot on goal. So I think as long as Nugent Hopkins is playing a strong game on the second line, that's another reason that Dreisaitl and McDavid can stay together. I agree. And to me, it's I, I would love to see Dreisaitl carry his own line. I think he's perfectly capable, but I don't see the Oilers having the depth on the wings to be able to give Dreisaitl and 
McDavid, guys that can put the puck in the net, guys that can get open at the right times, guys that can get them the puck, keep things going offensively alive. Uh, the Oilers have not had anyone on the on the wings prove that they can do that with any consistency, and that's why you have Drysaddle and McDavid playing together. I mean, if this team is just a one-line team, well, their their one line is pretty good, and they could probably win some games doing it that way until somebody proves and steals and takes and, and grabs that position as a first or second line right winger. Right now, nobody's done that, and especially with a Slepeshev, with with Kajula both hurt, with Yamamoto down in the minors, and with or sorry, down in junior, and with Puliyarvi yet to prove in the minors that he's capable of playing at this level. Rob, it, it, before we go back to the calls here, take me through from your perspective as as a player. Now, you never played. If you played three-on-three, three, there were numerous penalties that weren't coincidental, so it would have been pretty rare when you played but take me through for McDavid you know shielding the puck and, and then dry sidle spinning to make the pass and still placing it where it needed to be for McDavid so, I mean take me through some of the finer points about them keeping that play and I know they had the the numbers advantage but in terms of keeping that play alive and executing it well the first thing you do when you get the puck in your McDavid is you, you give a little glance to see where the trailing player is whether it's your guy or the other guy and, and what's going to be so he knows right away that dry settles with him I think he was, and I, this is just me guessing, I think McDavid was a little surprised that when he got to the far blue line, he didn't have a clear-cut breakaway. There's very few players in the NHL that when McDavid gets the puck and you're even with him, that by the far blue line, you're still even with him. So I give Letty credit for that. So at that point, when he gets up to the blue line, his first thought is make sure this doesn't go offside. So I've got to make sure that I keep the puck as far away from Letty as I can, the defender, but allowing myself to get across the blue line and keeping the puck on the offensive side. Once he does that, now he's just putting his body between Letty and the puck, and Letty has no chance. McDavid is strong on his skate, so pushing or cross-checking or anything like that's not going to affect McDavid. And now he's just putting the puck into an area because he knows that dry settles by himself, mm-hmm. and he can give... It doesn't matter if he hits his forehand, his backhand, whatever he gets it, Letty is on him. Drysaddle's going to have time to corral the puck. As soon as you give Drysaddle the puck, now you put yourself into a shooting position. It's If he had uh, a different type of player with him, then he, it's not as important getting into this, the goal-scoring position, but he knows Drysaddle's first thought is pass. So as soon as he moves the puck, he gets all cocked and ready, and now he's waiting for the puck to come, and he's now ready to shoot. Because as we've seen and talked about many times, not a lot of guys are great at one-timing, and one of the big reasons is they don't prepare themselves for the one-timer. McDavid's not one of those players. He knows how to put the puck on neck very quickly, and he just got himself in a position. And that's where I thought the best play of the entire thing happened was the dry sidle pass. He also had to shield the puck from Letty, turn around, spin around pass, and he could not have placed it any better for McDavid to shoot it because the goaltender, Grice, got across quickly but not quick enough to stop McDavid's shot. McDavid scores 38 seconds into overtime. The Oilers beat the Islanders 2-1. More of your calls here in a minute, but let's go back to Barkley Center. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. How you guys were tonight? Well, a lot better. Um, we played harder. We did some of the things we needed to do to, to give ourselves a chance to win. It was still a tough night, um, but uh, much more competitive, played harder, won some races to the pucks, block shots, uh, things you need to do every night, and and, um, it was a big win for us. We needed it. How good was the goaltender, especially in the third period? Oh, it was very good. Um, you know, you need that type of goaltending to uh, to win. I thought their goaltender gave them a chance uh, early in the game when we were buzzing. So 
Uh, it evens out at the end of the night, but uh, happy for Talbs. Um, played extremely well. Can you discuss uh, the overtime, whether just the way you saw it develop and just the way those two connected? Yeah, it was uh, scary going into our zone because the puck bounced around a little bit and Tavares had... Uh, had a chance, and we've got a semi-breakaway that uh, Connor does a really good job of protecting the puck. First of all, he, he got the puck over the line to make sure it was onside, protected it, and Leon uh, picked it up with uh, eyes in the back of his head, uh, made a tremendous play, and obviously the shot, so it was, uh, it was a fun goal to watch. How good was Cam in this respect in the third period? Uh, he was, as we just talked about, he was uh, exceptional. I thought he played very well. He was a rock back there. Um, you know, we we tend to perform better when he's like that. And, um, you know, so he had, a, he had a great night. And as I said earlier, I thought Grice uh, stood on his head early in the game when we had some uh, some flurries in and around his, his net. So does your team play that much differently on the road or did he just play that all the games in the road are 2-1 the last four. Well, we... Six, three, whatever. Yeah, we, we're too loose at home. Uh, we don't check, and uh, tonight we checked. There was a number of times where, uh, uh, you know, some of our key, key players stopped in the slot and broke plays up, and then uh, uh, it led to offense the other way, and um, penalty kill was much better. Goaltending was better, so um, it was a good night for us on the road. How important was it to start the trip on the right note? Well, when you have the record we have right now, the right note's winning all of them. So um, I guess you could say it was very important. Drake stopped the shot. Yeah, Drake blocked the shot. Uh, he was a little too sore to come back. We'll see how he is in the morning. Slep was uh, scheduled to play, but after the morning skate, he was uh, back injured. So he, uh, he couldn't play. All right, so there's the injury update. Slepyshev uh, was trying to play, couldn't. Kajula, they'll look at again in the morning. He couldn't finish the game after blocking the shot in the second period. That was Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Obviously, a lot of praise for Cam Talbot, who was brilliant. 36 saves, leading the Oilers to a 2-1 overtime decision over the New York Islanders. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, 780-496-0063. We have a bus on the line. A bus, go ahead, buddy. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. This game was awesome to hear. You know, Talbot is amazing. He's one of my favorite players. But I had a question. Now that uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid are back with their mission, how would you compare both players of this generation with Morgan Messi and Gretzky? Oh wow, that's a that's a great question. How long do we have? Uh, thanks, thanks for the question, Abbas. I, I, first of all, I, I always hesitate to make direct comparisons and say, "Well, this guy, you know, is is like like Gretzky." Because even if players are similar, every player is different in how he how he skates, how he sees the ice, and the and the generations of the games. Um, I mean, McDavid, in terms of the Oilers franchise. I mean, they've only had three guys ever win the Hart Trophy, so he's already he's he's already, he's already one of them. I think Rob and, and you'll be able to flesh this out a little more, but uh, based on things you have told me and a lot of guys have told me, I mean, the, the as great as players were, as the modern day players, they they train year round. They're in better shape, and that and probably ten years from now, we'll be saying, well, these players are in better shape or have better training methods or do things differently than than the guys from ten, fifteen years ago. To me, to me, that's how it always changes. I mean, guys become 
more like it's a year-round job to be a hockey player right you, you you come to camp in shape you don't use camp to get into shape so the, the players are still great but to me um the overall conditioning of the athlete is different well it's not even close when it comes to conditioning mario when i played in pittsburgh his first day on the ice was the first day of camp i remember my first ever training camp i went to pittsburgh and we used to get dressed in a high school locker room and then walk across the lawn to the rink in our full equipment just carrying our skates and as i'm walking with mario across the lawn he's smoking a cigarette on his way to get onto the ice i mean this is you know five minutes before we go on the ice here's you know at that point the best in the world smoking a cigarette on his way so uh, the players are way better conditioned nowadays i have a hard time right now comparing the the oilers greats to today's oilers players just simply you've got so many years and right. years of watching Gretzky, what he did year after year after year, whereas we're looking at Leon and Connor with, what, two seasons yeah. under their belt. So it's hard to do it that way. And the other thing, too, is the way I, I look at it, if you look at Wayne Gretzky in his heyday, how much better he was than the second best player in the league or the third best player, or the fourth. There was a huge gap. Especially before Lemieux came Yes, in. before. There was a huge, huge gap. Is that gap is great between McDavid That's and the next point. player? That's and I and I don't think it is. Gretzky was that much better than everybody else. McDavid might be better, he and Con, or he and Sidney Crosby, but are they 70, 80, 90 points? Now I know there's more scoring back then than there is now, but True. there was a complete difference between Wayne Gretzky and the next best player in the world. Well, how many? I'd have to. But there, there were several years where Gretzky would have won the scoring title just on assists. Yes. <laughs> uh, but but I you know but I think if you want to talk about skill sets and we'll get back to tonight's game in a minute but I would say the one thing that if you want to include Gretzky McDavid and Drysital one trait that they shared is the way they all see passes and passing lanes that no one else sees it's their vision and if you go around the league a Patrick Kane is in the same same type of player is those guys that they see the game differently and and I always use the analogy is they when you when you and I sit in the press box the game is so easy up there we know where the puck should go before it even goes there we know where the puck should go five seconds before the player even gets there because you can see how everything is moving because everything from the press box is slow motion when Gretzky plays when McDavid plays when Leon Dreisettle is playing well the they have vision press box vision so everything is slow for them. Whereas for every other player, when we're out there and the puck comes to you, it's a blur. There's guys flying all over the place. But for them, everything slows down. And they can see the, the play that no one else can. And there's a number of times I watched the game tonight. We're watching on TV. Oh, Letester, you can drop it to that guy there. But he doesn't see it. He, right. he puts the puck forward. And that's nothing against Mark Letestu. Or whoever. And whoever. Right. That's, that is, we, we get the bird's eye view from it. So the, the best players in the world, they have press box vision where the, world, or the game is just very, very slow for them, even though it's going at a fast pace. And then that's the point you made, too, about the overtime goal. Even though there's a little more room, they sort of have a partial two-on-one. There were still a lot of little things, like you were when you were breaking down the goal, McTavid's got to shield the body, handle the puck with one hand on his stick. Leon is, like, Leon made a spinning pass perfectly. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of guys could not spin and control the puck. Yeah, so, you're right. You know, yeah. like, I, he made it look like, oh, yeah, I'll just throw this over there. But. And, and so his eyes 
are looking the entire time at three quarters of the ice and never at Connor McDavid because he's, his body is turning completely away from him, yet he puts the puck exactly where he knows Connor is going to be. And Connor didn't go and stop and stand in one spot. He was still moving in with the play, yet Leon Dreisaitl, who is a very intelligent player, knows where Connor McDavid should be because he and Connor think the game the same way. And that's why they have success together and incredible success when they're playing three on three. Yes. It, it just, it, honestly, it, it's not fair. Really, because, I mean, they were going against some pretty good players on the other side, and it, it's just not fair. I mean, and Nick Letty did everything, everything possible to not give up a great scoring chance, and it turned out to be an easy goal for Connor McDavid. Oilers win 2-1 in OT. That means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 for every goal, and you can track the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can talk to us at 780-496-0063. We have Alex on the line. Hi, Alex. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Doing well. Good. I tell you, uh, sure glad the Oilers uh, won tonight. And I got to tell you guys, though, I I've, I watched it on TV, and I could not keep my eyes off of that Barzell. <laughs> and we all know where I want to go with this one, Mister Sorelli. You know, I still want to do a little bit of a wine. I know it's a couple years later, but I still can't figure out how you give up a 16th and a 33rd overall pick for not a guy who at least could step in your lineup and play solid. You know, it still burns my you-know-what, but you know what? Uh, I, I don't want to go too far with this because 99% of the callers who are listening, you guys all know about what we could have had. And I'm telling you, it was it, it, the guy, he's, he's, he's going to be a good one. You, you, you know, and I, uh, what can I say? I mean, uh, McDavid, nice goal at the end, but the third best player in our team tonight was Mr. Barzell. I thought I thought Berzel was excellent, and I, I know that when that draft trade happened, when, when we we traded for Griffin Reinhardt and gave up the draft picks, I didn't know anything about Barzell. Uh, he was a junior kid, but everyone talked about this kid is going to be good. This is the first time I got to see him play, and I was impressed. He, he's talented. He's skilled. Oh yeah. He was he was the best player for the New York Islanders tonight, bar none. He was the most dynamic player that they had on on the ice for them, and I, you know, the, the thoughts did go through you like, wow, he would really look good on as playing playing for the Edmontoners. But but that is the past, and there's nothing you can yeah, do yeah. about it. But I mean, to me, he's a guy that you're you're now going to follow his career because of what could have beens, and it looks like it's going to be a very nice career for him because he is a talented young player. Alex, good to hear from you, buddy. 780-496-0063. You'll hear from one of the stars tonight, Cam Talbot, when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. We get it for Larson. Final 15 seconds. Larson safely floats it outside the zone. Lee is swinging a miss. It was swatted back to center. Josh Bailey picks it up. Off to Anders Lee. Over the lawn. Rich shot. Save made by Talbot with 3.7 to go. A good chance. Well, you could have picked a lot of saves by Cam Talbot tonight. That's his save of the game for Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Talbot, brilliant, 36 saves, leading the Oilers to a 2-1 overtime win over the New York Islanders. Back to Barclays Center. Here's Cam Talbot. Hi, game. Can a road win like this get you guys going? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is a tough building to come play in. Uh, they've played extremely well at home, so this should give us some confidence moving forward. And we started this road trip off right, so uh, we have to continue that moving forward. And uh, we got a long ways to go yet. I mean, heck of a play by, by Barzell. Yeah, he's very shifty. I thought he was one of the best players on the ice all night. Every time he got the puck, he seemed to be a threat out there. And uh, he was making plays not only for himself, but for his line mates. And uh, as a heck of a, a play to drop a tab and give him a little bit of room. And uh, he put it in a pretty good spot there. So give him credit. Yeah, they were pretty thousand on third period. Why do you think the rink was so tilted? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, they're an extremely good home team. So, um Figured that we'd come out and give us our best, or give us their best in the third period there, and we were able to weather the storm. And uh, our two big guns took it down the ice and got us the win tonight. So that's what we look for, look towards them for, and in situations like that, and we got it tonight. Knowing how skilled the guys in front of you are, were you just saying let's get this to overtime and get it to three on three? Pretty much. I mean, anytime you get it to three on three and you got those two guys on the ice, anything can happen. So uh, luckily, uh, they didn't connect on their opportunity in front there, and we went down the other way. So uh, heck of a play by those two. All right, that's Cam Talbot outstanding tonight. Dreisaitl and McDavid get the Oilers' goals. Dreisaitl also assisting on McDavid's overtime winner. And Jordan Eberle scores for the New York Islanders. 780-496-0063 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We'll go to Bob on the phone. Hi, Bob. Yeah, you guys. How are, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. I don't have my radio on, but I got feedback. I don't know why. But anyway, I'm just wondering uh, uh, how are these three stars... Selective. You just throw all the names in a hat and throw all three people out. Well, maybe you know, that's what, what they did tonight. Is, they uh, well, I, they yeah, I can't. Somebody from the media usually selects the three stars. It says tonight Islanders media. So I don't know if that was one person, a radio person, newspaper. I don't know. Well, maybe it's people that don't even watch the game and they just sort of think, well, we, we, we got to do this. And they look at the rosters and pick. I, I couldn't believe it. I just live it. I mean, Talbot was just stood in his head. Talbot's the reason they won the game. You're right. He, he was the best. He was the best 100%. player. I, I, but I can guarantee you that Cam Talbot doesn't care if he got a star or not. No, and I gathered that from the interview you had with him. It was a nice pick for Everly, number three. Uh, they picked him on TV as well, number three. TV had Everly. Uh, McDavid, of course, he scores the winner. And dry side up. And Talbot for the uh, number one. Oh, yeah, right, or TV sorry. head Talbot yeah. number one. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. The well, if I ever get to pick him, Bob, I'll try to do a better job for you. Okay. Well, I tell you what, if you need to draw them out of a hat, just call me, and I can be your guy blindfold. We'll just throw three, and you can make the announcement. Right on. Thanks, Bob. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Laird on the line. Laird, thanks a lot for calling. How you doing, boys? Doing well. Hey, listen, I'm going to date myself here, but. When McDavid and Saddle and three-on-three are on the ice and get a two-on-one, it reminds me of Gretzky and Lemieux in the 87 Canada Cup where you knew it was automatic. Oh, that's a good comparison. Very good, like, yes. Fine, so you know what I'm talking about? They, they get it and you think, you know something's going to happen. Well, I mean, you're right, and and the thing is there, and Rob and I, Rob and I always say to each other, we sit in the same room here for the road games, for the home games, we're not next to each other, but we'll always be like, you got to win the faceoff, you got to win, and the Oilers actually lost the draw, but McDavid got to the puck first, and then they they missed that one pass, so the Islanders actually got the, the a scoring opportunity when Tavares and Barzell took it close to the net. But yeah, I mean you feel you feel like with Drysaddle McDavid on the ice, Laird, at least I do, that if they win the faceoff, they might be able to win it in the first 25 seconds. Yeah, Browner, I got a quick question for you. Yep, I'm an old uh, Glendale maintenance worker. 
Are you, uh, is Chimera still the only hockey player in the hole in one Hall of Fame? Uh, that I don't know. I know that he's. I'm not. So uh, there's a good chance he is. He's a good golfer, Chimera. Good yeah, guy too. Real good guy. Wall. He's on the wall there. I used to work the maintenance there. But anyway, thanks, boys. Good call. Okay, appreciate it, Laird. Thanks. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We've got uh, more calls, more post game reaction coming up as uh, the Oilers take a two one overtime win from the New York Islanders. No Japanese Village goal like this evening. Another low scoring road game. Whenever the Oilers do score five or more in a game, as they did twice on their homestand, we'll turn on the goal light on six thirty ched dot com slash Oilers, and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations: downtown, south side, and. North side. All right, so the last four Oilers road games have ended 2-1. They're 2-1-1 one one in those games. They got a game against the New, Jer- uh, New Jersey Devils coming up on a Thursday night. 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 5. You're going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl. You'll hear from Connor McDavid. And uh, more of your phone calls. If you're on hold, please stay there. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Pulls from the backhand earlier in the game, and now Lucic knocked it free. Drysaddle's got a breakaway, shoots and scores! And Edmonton takes a 1-0 lead. Drysaddle did not hesitate. Leon Dreisaitl, the first goal of the game. Jordan Eberle tied it up for the Islanders. Connor McDavid wins it for the Oilers in overtime. 2-1 is the final. As we check the advantage trailer rental scoreboard, the Canucks and Flames are tied 2-2 late in the second period. In the first, the Ducks lead the Kings 1-0. The rest of these are finals. The Canadians edge the Golden Knights 3-2. Buffalo beats Washington 3-1. St. Louis wins 3-1 in New Jersey. The Penguins on home ice beat the Coyotes. 3-1. The Hurricanes beat the Panthers 3-1. And Rob, the Predators beat the Blue Jackets. Guess what? 3-1? 3-1. It's not a 3-2 league. Set or lie. Wow. It's a 3-1 league. Uh, has anybody scored more than three tonight? No. And there's going to be at least well, three goals in the Caps. Ca- well, I'm saying somebody might get past three. Well, oh, the Cal- Ducks just scored again, so they're up 2 nothing. So maybe somebody will score more than three goals. It's unbelievable what the Ducks the are doing right now with the number of guys. They've got a number of very good players out of their lineup, and they're hanging around in a... Oh, they're 6-6-2. Six, six they're not, okay. Not bad yep. considering who's out of their lineup for them. Oilers are now 5-8-1, and one, still have a lot of work to do, as and I've been stressing for the last several weeks. Let's win two in a row. They'll have a chance to do that against New Jersey. The Oilers have not won two in a row all season long, so uh, that'll be their adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Joe to Overtime Open Line. Hi, Joe. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Doing well. I just had a, uh, had a couple things. First of all, I'd like to say uh, I watched the game tonight, and uh, I think if the Oilers play this kind of hockey every night, uh, you know, they're a threat to other teams. And the way Talbot played tonight, I, I kind of thought they played a complete game tonight. Hopefully this can carry over and build some momentum and they can get some wins here and uh, get themselves in a good spot. Well, I mean, this is this is the style they need to play. Obviously, I, I think they played very good on their last road trip. They went one, one, and one. They easily could have gone three and zero. Oh. I mean, tonight yeah. could have gone the other way. But if they play along these lines, they're keeping themselves in hockey games. They're getting the good goaltending, and they're going to get timely scoring. That's how they were successful last year. 
Yeah, and they're also, I believe, that they're due for a breakout. I think it's going to come sooner than later here because you can almost feel it after watching this game. Like they're they're feeling good about themselves, and hopefully, it carries on here. Yeah, appreciate it, Joel. I, I mean, th- it, that's fair. Fair comment. There is there has been that sense, I think, at times this year, where are, are they going to get a game where four or five go in? I mean, they did get five against Dallas, uh, six against New Jersey, including an empty netter. But but I think that they they got to keep up this level uh, of work and this level of determination, this level of patience. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the great goaltending helped them immensely tonight, especially in the third period. But Rob, I mean, the one thing, and I've been saying this all year, and I, I was saying it before the hockey season even started because I was saying it in the summer when the Eskimos were playing. You, you, ha- If you're going to be a good team, you have to be comfortable in close games. You, you can't get impatient. You can't get, oh, my God, but, you know, we're tied with five minutes left. What, what if something goes wrong? Like, there has to be that level of patience, that level of, this is how we play. Minute one, minute five, minute 25, and, and minute 59. Because that's how you are able to stay in games like this and scratch out one or two points. The Oilers can't afford to have a lot of nights where there's a zero going up in the point call. No, you're right. And they've got to be play a game where they're not nervous when the game is close. You know, the, the LA Kings uh, won Stanley Cups simply by winning 2-1 hockey games. And the way they did it was if they tried to play for a 1-1 game late in the hockey game because they knew that they would win it. They knew that their goaltender was better than the goalie in the other end. And they knew they had a couple guys that, when given the chance, they were going to capitalize. They played strong defensive hockey. And when the Oilers do that, when the Oilers keep things to the outside, when they don't give up a ton of good chances, when they're not forcing things, and they play a low-scoring game, they, they, they are favored in low-scoring games because they've got two guys on their team that only need one chance and they'll bury it they don't need there's there's a number of players that go down the others lineup a number of guys need four or five six opportunities to put the puck in the net but McDavid and Drysaddle just need the one and we saw that tonight they both scored goals with just on that one mistake that was made by the opposition so if you keep the other team to two and under then you're going to give yourself a good chance to winning hockey games. When you start playing, trading chances, well, then it's just a matter of a lot of comes with luck. Mm-hmm. So the Oilers are much better when they play this style. It's They've got a goaltender that when he is on, and we've seen as of late he is, they're going to be in every hockey game, and they've got the, the, the star power at the end of a game that can turn it over and, and win a game with one play. So that's what we saw tonight. The, the confounding thing, I think, for a lot of people is, Rob, why why can't they do it at home? I mean, the games they won at home were higher scoring. And that, I don't have a problem. I'm not saying every game should be 2-1 because nope. some nights it's going to be wild. Nope. Pucks might bounce in. A goalie might have an off night. You have to have the be well-rounded enough to win 5-3 or 5-4 mm-hmm. some nights. But I, I think what is, is probably frustrating to a lot of people is it, it's, it seems like the effort level and the commitment wasn't there at home. Like they were trying to blow the other team out and then got frustrated when it didn't happen. Well, yeah, yeah no, yeah, in some of the games, the last game against Detroit, it didn't look like that at all. It just looked like well, a, no, they, yeah. Well, that's what, okay, that's part of my <laughs> yes. point is that they got down a goal and were kind of like, oh, well, guess it's not our day. And there was 57 minutes left in the game. They, they, lacked, they lacked hunger in that game. They, they did, where Detroit came out, and they had hunger, and they were winning battles, and they, they just kept on pushing, whereas the Oilers, they looked like, they, almost like in that game, they pouted. You know what? That's we, a good way to put it. Yeah, yep. We didn't get what we wanted early, and I'm, that's it, I'm done. Whereas tonight, they stayed with it, and 
Uh, tonight was it was a good effort, and it was a good effort by a lot of players that had to step up. I mean, they lost another player to injury, and they got guys already moving up in the lineup because of injuries. So it, it was a positive. It was a positive because of the way the Cam Talbot played. It was a positive because the, the penalty killing was excellent tonight and were game changers. And it was a positive because their two best players scored two goals for them. And I think that's huge. Oilers win 2-1 in overtime over the Islanders. We'll get back to your phone calls in a second here. Drake Kajula did block a shot in the second period, didn't finish the game. Should get an update on him tomorrow morning. Leon Dreisaitl with two points tonight. Here he is. Um, I just saw him take off, and it's obviously pretty hard to catch up with that guy. But, um, you know, he made a nice drop drop pass to me, and, um, you know, I just tried to get it back to him. Just a little, I know it's a big win, but just maybe put into terms, just coming off of, of Sunday's game, how good this one felt. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, I thought we played a very solid game. Um, you know, obviously, um, there's still still things that we need to clean up, but um, right now it's about uh, getting points and, and getting our back, uh, getting our game back, back in the right uh, the right direction. And I think uh, tonight was a very good step. All right, that's Leon Dreisaitl. Oilers win 2-1. They go 0 for 2 on the power play. Positive on the penalty kill, though. The Oilers 3 for 3, killing them off tonight. 780-496-0063. Siv, you're on with Rob and Reed. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, just wanted to touch a bit on Nuge's wingers. I feel like, uh, well, obviously McDavid is going to play with Maroon and Dreisaitl, them being the two best wingers we've got on our team. But it's kind of been a revolving door on uh, Nuge's right side. And even with Lucic, and I don't know who's going to fill that slot on the on the right side. Today it was Kajula. We've seen Slepashev. We've seen a couple of other players there. And uh, I don't I don't know about that left side either. I mean, Lucic is obviously he's been a hell of a player, but uh, the things that made him a good player in the past, I don't see him doing those as often as before. I mean, being that physical presence and whatnot. Um, so I kind of just wanted to get your opinion on what you guys see as maybe a solution. Or maybe what we can expect going forward on the uh, the, the wings for Nuge there. Yeah, because we expect him. I think a lot of us expect him to be a, a fifty point player, and and with the confidence he has now, the way he's playing this year, fifty points isn't out of uh, is a reasonable expectation. But can we really expect that with him playing with whoever he has on the left and right side? Yeah, that's a great question, Siv. And, and Nugent Hopkins' start to the season has been very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry, Rob, I got you down. Oh, yeah, no, uh, that's my fault. Um, uh, well, I mean, and it's true, but it goes back to the point that you and I have been talking about a lot when why we have dry settle with McDavid because there's not a lot of depth on the wings that can put the puck in the net. Yeah. I mean, Dr- McDavid gets dry settle. He's getting a centerman because there's no wingers that can fill the spot. You made a good point. Often McDavid line when the, for faceoff alignments. Yeah. Often McDavid lines up as the right. Yeah, winger. McDavid plays the wing on that. His drive title's taking most of the faceoff. Uh, the, the short term, I don't know what they're. I mean, there's no one in the Oilers roster that they have currently that is better than what they've been putting with Nugent Hopkins. If it is Kajula and and Lucic, I don't know if you look down to the third, the fourth line, or whoever sits out for the others, if there's anything better. There isn't. No. Uh, Pugliarvi, I, I think my belief is they had hoped he was going to make a, a splash in training camp and be a top six winger this year and could play either with McDavid or Nugent Hopkins. He didn't do that, so that set them back a bit. Uh, Yamamoto surprised and pushed for a spot, but over the course of his nine games, he, he looked like he needed one more year of junior. So that, that took him out of the running. Uh, Strom was supposed to come in here 
and take the spot of Jordan Everly and be a right winger in the top two lines. And he hasn't done that. And as Bob Stoffers talked about a lot, Bob thinks he looks much more comfortable as a centerman. And that's probably true. But he, isn't a, he hasn't proven at the National Hockey League level that he's an offensive threat yet. So the others don't have anything that's going to make Nugent Hopkins better offensively in their current roster that I can see unless you move Drysaddle down with him yeah. and then you're leaving uh, the right right side naked for, for Connor McDavid. Yeah, it's tough and it's and it's not getting any help with Slepeshev nicked up. Though nope. I mean, if Slepeshev's back, I would assume he'll get another chance there because he did fine against the Devils. He did, but again, I mean, what's his uh, resume yeah, for we an off? We still yeah. don't really know. We see flashes of it and then, you know, he gets hurt or, or, or something else something else happens. I mean, that's that's a great call by Siv mm-hmm. and it, it's I think I think the positive of that again is is Nugent Hopkins who yes. has a good all-around game this year plus he's got some points Lucic's game has been I think better lately I I think the thing from him Rob is we're seeing he either makes like a 10 out of 10 play or a 2 out of 10 play yeah. you know like on That's that fair. on the on the dry settle goal he he he's had trouble in that area inside his own blue line because he's been fumbling the puck and he's not always quick to get there. And on that play, he gives the puck away. The Islanders hit the post, and then he makes a sharp play to to check the to check Nelson, I think it was, and knock the puck loose for Drysaddle to make a to make a breakaway. I yeah, I mean, I think if if Lucic can get out there and hit guys and and bang a little bit, then he he's more effective. He gets more involved in the game, but he's got to get there to to do that. It'll be interesting to see, and I agree with everything you said. There, it'll be interesting to see what Lucic does once the Oilers start playing in the Western Conference. Yeah, that's a good point. Because the, the Eastern Conference is a much faster uh, conference. There's a lot more skill. Uh, it's not as physical. And I think that exposes any player that is not fleet of foot. The Western Conference isn't as strong, and it is a, a more physical conference with some bigger teams. That's what Lucic was brought in to play against. I mean, Peter Shirelli talked about it. You yep. can't can't win the Stanley Cup unless you win the Western Conference. So let's see what, what Milan's got when they start playing against, you know, the L.A.'s, the St. Louis's, and the teams like that. Yeah. Oilers win it 2-1 over the New York Islanders in overtime. We're looking for someone to finish the play. If you would like an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. Time for open line as well, 780-496-0063. And you'll hear from Connor McDavid, who got the overtime winner, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Barzell, beautiful move around Connor McDavid, in over the lawn, cuts out wide, centers open, lead, backhander denied by Talbot, rebound, fought for, controlled by Letty. He whiffed, he dishes to Barzell. Well, some of Cam Talbot's work tonight... 36 saves. Oilers beat the Islanders 2-1 in overtime. We got Greg on the line to finish the play. Greg, do you think you know a lot about the Edmonton Oilers and their history? Nah, somewhat. Sure. So Cam Talbot, brilliant tonight. He set an Oilers team record with 42 wins last season. Who had the record for wins in a season before Cam Talbot? Oh, wow. Uh, Grand Fear. Absolutely. Good All stuff, right. Greg. Got a thought or a question on the game today? No, it was nice to see them come away with a couple of points on the road. And, uh, you know, it'll be a good welcome back for them if they can come back with, uh, you know, five or six points out of this trip. Yeah, absolutely. Greg, stay on the line, okay? 
You bet. Thanks. Kellen will take down your info as he gets uh, the uh, finish the play. Quite. Did you know that, Rob Brown? You knew that. Yes, I did. There's some questions you ask I don't know, but I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest. Yep. Oilers take it uh, 2-1, beating the New York Islanders this evening. What do you think of Everly's game? He got the goal for the New York I thought he played well. I, I thought he did. I, I think he would have had a little extra step in his game tonight with the fact that it's going against his team of many years. Uh, he looked good. He was dangerous. He scored the goal, had a couple other chances. He had the backhand try that we saw a lot of last year, especially in the playoffs, and he took some abuse here because of driving to the outside and going to his back end every time. But uh, he benefited from playing with Barzell, who was excellent, but I thought they complemented each other well. Oilers take it 2-1. Connor McDavid had the overtime winner, the third of his career. Here he is. The reason is, um, you know, it's definitely not a, a bad problem. How big was Cam in the third period for you guys? It was great. I didn't really realize that it was that lopsided in the shots. Um, you know, but uh, they had some chances for sure in the third, and, and uh, he did a great job. Did you just drive that goal? Um, you know, just had a little bit of a break. At, uh, at Letty, he's a pretty incredible skater, and, and uh, you know, it was kind of able to, to get in front of me and um, I just tried to drop it to Drad and you know, realized that we had a little bit of a two-on-one and he made a great play back. It's just, is it a relief to get into three-on-three and have a bit more room to create a game like this tonight? Um, yeah, it's, our, it's good. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of offense going either way. Um, you know, that's, the, that's the type of games that are being played in the NHL these days and um, you know, it's good to get a win like, like that. Can seeing a result on the road like this help you guys going forward? I think so, yeah. Um, you know, it's just good to, to feel good again and, and get a win under our belt. All right, that's Connor McDavid, overtime winner, his sixth goal of the season. Oilers 2, Islanders 1 is the final. So on to New Jersey for the Oilers. They're actually staying in the same hotel all week because they play the Islanders, Devils, and then uh, Rangers before going to Washington on Sunday. Worst case scenario, Rob, if neither Slepyshev nor Kajula can go on Thursday, we had a question about it. Do you slide Strom up to the right wing and have Malone and Latestu as your other two centers, and then Kara comes in? Do you give Cassian a shot up there? I mean, he's had a couple of energetic games. What do you think? Um, I, I, I think there's a possibility Strom goes up. I mean, that's an easy an easy one for them. He's in the lineup, and then you can put Jujar back in the lineup and give him an opportunity, and you know he's going to be hungry, or he should be. Um, I know that people are going to be asking about Puliyarvi if he's going to get a chance to, to come up. The, the, the thing, I mean, we only know from hearsay of how he's doing in the minors. I saw what he's got one goal on the season. He scored the other night. So he's not, mm-hmm. he's not lighting it up down in the minors. And then to have him come up and all of a sudden have to play on your top line or your second line with all the pressure on him and he's not coming in hot, is that too much for the kids? So, and then who's the, it's Ty Ratty. He's the other kid that's down there that's... Yep. Is actually scoring down yeah, in the Yeah, a hat-trick. Yep. Yeah, so there's a possibility. But I think that the safest bet would be you, you move um, Strom up onto a play with Nugent Hopkins, and then you have Jujar jump back in the lineup, and you have, you know, put him on the fourth line, move Latesto up to the third, and 
I mean, I, the, we didn't talk at all about him, but I thought Brad Malone had a very strong game again. Every time we watch him play, he impresses. He, he knows what his role is, and he's very good at it. Doesn't play a lot. He played 745, but you're right. I mean, he, he's the type of player you play. You got to play in a straight line. He yep. gets after the puck. He works to keep pucks alive. He uh, played about a minute on the penalty kill, which was mm-hmm. perfect tonight. So, yeah, credit credit to him. Now we need to see that. Like you said, Kara should feel challenged oh, yes, by absolutely. Malone being called up and getting in ahead of him. Well, very challenged, very disappointed. Uh, and that's why I mean he's got to come back hungry, and if he doesn't, well then there's a problem. So I, I would expect him to come back and, and be a physical force the next time he steps on the ice, and he's going to have to be if he wants to keep staying, if he wants to get back in the lineup and stay there. All right, so the Oilers beat the Islanders 2-1 in overtime. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. We'll have that Oilers broadcast on Thursday when they visit the Devils. 3.30 face-off show, 5 o'clock for the drop of the puck. They're at the Rangers uh, Saturday morning at Washington Sunday night. And don't forget Sunday, the Eskimos game playoff game at Winnipeg on Kissin' Country 103.9. It's going to start with the countdown to kickoff at 1.30 and then the game will start at 2.30. West semifinal Eskimos at Blue Bombers. I want to thank Kellen Kennedy. He's been our studio producer this evening. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Dreisaitl made it 1-0, 159 into the second period. Everly tied it at 443 of the second period. And then 38 seconds into overtime. A brilliant setup from Dreisaitl. McDavid rifles home the game winner. And the Oilers get a much-needed two points to improve to 5-8-1 on the season. On behalf of Rob Brown, my name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.